Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, I got to admit, I did not see this one coming for the Atlanta Braves. I'm glad John Collins finally came to his senses. And last but not least, in the for the culture, Polo Tink Tink. That's all coming up next right here on ATL Day Ones. Let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I want to start by saying thank you for making ATL Day 1 your first listener today. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. ATL Day 1 is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, people, the Atlanta Braves are officially halfway through the season. I know it's 89 games. You know, follow me here. But, you know, the Braves have the best record in baseball. They broke a franchise record for 26 consecutive games and hitting a home run. Hasn't been done since 1998. Go look that team up. A lot of boppers on that team. And even though they lost to the Tampa Bay Rays yesterday, they have won 11 consecutive series. And when you look at the, how this team has played, I, I started thinking about, okay, like when you, you look at this 2021 World Series team and how they were able to get to uh, make their playoff run. Alex Anthopoulos did a lot at the trade deadline in order to get, bring some guys in that who got on an absolute hot streak in Jorge Soler and Ed Rosario. Those guys came through big time in their run to the World Series championship. So, those were the surprises of that year. Now I'm starting to think about, okay, in this season, who has been the biggest surprise? I know a lot of people might say, you know what? Ronald Acuna, nephew Ronnie, has, has, has surprised a lot of folks. <clears throat> Wrong. Because here's the thing. like We know this dude is uber talented. He was on an MVP type uh, campaign before he got hurt and uh, messed up his, his knee, right? And we know that coming into this season, a lot of times it takes about a good solid gear in order for you to get into a space where you feel comfortable, you f- you're fully healthy, and you have the confidence that you can go out and do what you did before you got injured. That's this year. And I, that was my expectation for Ronald Acuna Jr. coming into this year. So I can't sit up here and say that he was the biggest surprise. But here's, here's, here's who the biggest surprise is for me. It's Sean Murphy. Hands down. Let me take you back to that trade, right? Back in December when, when, when the Braves acquired Sean Murphy. All you heard was defensive catcher, the second best defensive catcher in the league, you know, behind um, JT Riamuto for the Philadelphia Phillies. And, yeah, this guy's going to come in and be the, the arm, the defensive guy that – that um, Alex Anthopoulos values, and then we start thinking about, okay, you got the details of the trade when it finally came down. Okay, they, they sent Wild Bill Contreras to Milwaukee and a couple of prospects, Kyle Muller and Freddie Turnout, right? Okay, six players in all. Oh, man, that's a lot, you know, for a guy who hit 250, had a 759 OPS in 148 games in 2022. Now, when you think about that, those aren't bad numbers. That's actually pretty solid, right? 
But when you think about what he was able to do when he first came in and, you know, all of the, the, the hoopla about what he was going to be able to do when, uh, behind the plate and to be able to um, establish relationships, you know, with those pitchers and be able to go through game plans and all of those things, like Eddie Perez and, and all, all of those guys, and even Travis Darno, they're heavily involved in the game plans and even during the games as well. So when you have a guy like Sean Murphy coming in, I was sitting up here like, okay, he's going to be a defensive guy. And then, you know, the other eight guys are going to have to worry about the run producing. Uh-uh-uh, Sean Murphy said, no, no, no. This this guy has exceeded my expectations. Sean Murphy, he's hitting 306. He's hitting 999 OPS, which ranks third in the majors. He's one spot behind Ronald Acuna Jr., who's having that MVP-type year, right? So those are some of the things that you have to really, really think about when you're talking about who's that biggest surprise. I know the biggest surprise for me has to be Sean Murphy. So especially when you're talking about him being in conversations behind guys like Mookie Betts and Shohei Itani and Wanda Franco, you know, <laughs> who, who, who have played a lot more games and played, had more plate appearances than Sean Murphy because, you know, He's uh, basically on a, a situa- uh, situation where he's basically catching two out of the three games, and Travis Darno is picking up the other game. By the way, another guy who's an all-star, you know, uh, catcher as well. So I think those are some of the things that you have to think about when you know Sean Murphy coming into this season, going back to that trade, and the expectations were just he was going to be a defensive guy, but. Now I'm saying that he has been exceeded those expectations. He's gone above and beyond what Alexanthopoulos brought him in to be. Now, a lot of people may say, okay, well, Jarvis, you know that he's a guy that, you know, is taking advantage of a, a hitter-friendly part. That's cool. That's fine. I'm okay with that. You know, because when you talk about, you know, certain – well, this even against a series against the the Rays, the Tampa Bay Rays, a game Friday night, two one, two run homer in the fourth inning, boom, Sean Murphy coming through again. Saturday, same thing in the fourth inning, come through with a, a home run. Those are some of the things that you you look for. Like we expect those things from Ronald Acuna Jr. We expect those things from Austin Riley. We expect those things from a guy like Matt Olson because that's what he was brought in to do because he was replacing Freddie Freeman. That, at the end of the day, like that, if you come in, the guys that are replacing staples, MVP caliber players, those are the guys we're going to look to, you know, to get they'll put up those type of numbers because and and, he, and Matt Olson has come through with that. He's leading the league um, in um, um, RBIs, so he's coming through like that. Those guys you expect that from, you expect it from Ozzy Albies because you know he has pop in his bat as well. But when you are talking about a guy who hit 250 last year. And he had his best season. He's one home run shy of his career high. Career high was last year, 2022. And he's he's on pace to break that this year in his first year with the team. So, you know, a lot of people, you know, were very concerned, you know, when this trade came, trade rooms came down for Sean, Sean, um, Sean Murphy. And they heard about – and the details came out about where he who, – who the Braves were giving up because we all love Wild Bill. I love Wild Bill Contreras. Like, he's, you know, he was a guy that, you know, okay, he was like, okay, you got your catcher for the future and you got your guy for right now in Travis Darno. But to be honest with you, I haven't thought about Wild Bill ever since Sean Murphy came through those doors and we started playing games. So I think that, you know, the Braves 
have had a lot of surprises in, in the first half of this season. And, you know, especially with dealing with all the injuries and Max Freed and Kyle Wright and trying to figure out who was going to be on the mound night in and night out and not wanting to be a, a, a team that is going to depend on bullpen games. We understand how Brian Snicker doesn't like to do those games. I don't like watching those games as well. I'm more on the side of giving those young pitchers a, a chance. Give those young guys a chance because at the end of the day, the lineup is going to pick them up. The bats are going to pick them up um, at the end of the day for the most part. you know. Um, and that's what we've been seeing from those guys. And I think that Sean Murphy has been a big part of that because he has been the biggest surprise to me in the first half of this season when you think about what those expectations were coming into the season. So shout out to Sean Murphy. I'm not going to sit up here and say that you're going to be the MVP uh, of the National League because – you know, that, that's that's nephew Ronnie's. But when you're talking about a, a locker room MVP, just from on both sides, of, you know, from, from behind the plate and at the plate, yeah, Sean Murphy, it gets my vote, you know, um, uh, internally as far as for the Atlanta Braves. Coming up next, John Collins finally came to his senses. But first, I got to tell you that this episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by a fan duel sports book because it is the number one sports book in America. Guess what? Take your first swing at betting MLB on fan duel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. Guess what? That's $200. You can spend betting everything from the money line to the over unders to who you think is going to get the first home run. Just talked about how Sean Murphy been balling. Ronald Acuna been balling. Matty Olsen been balling. Ozzy Albee's been balling. So, yeah, the Braves are a good bet to go try to figure that thing out and go to fanduel.com. All on the app, right? It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. No texting the homeboy to make sure he got that money or uh, trying to get that cash app information so he can send it to you. No, you got to do all that. You're going to get your money right then and there. So, there's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So, Sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $2,000 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. FanDuel, the official sportsbook betting partner of Major League Baseball. It is ATL Day 1s. I am Jarvis Davis. Tanitra it was not here with us, and she will be back on Wednesday, folks, so don't, don't fret. Don't fret. She will be returned to the show. And we appreciate you guys rocking with us each and every day, our everydayers. If you have a question or a comment, go ahead and drop it in the, on the YouTube right there. Or leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate that. And we're available wherever you download your podcast. Now, we talk about John Collins being traded to the Utah Jazz. A lot of people's response, mine, mine included, was the fact that finally, it was finally you able to trade him. You know, it's been a long time, and you talk about trade rumors for at least three years, ever since he signed the contract extension for the, with the Atlanta Hawks, and Travis Slank decided to go ahead and give him that money. And then it just kind of went all downhill after that. And what, what are you talking about, a PED suspension? And then you're talking about his numbers going down, his three-point shooting went down, rebounding went down, usage went down, and – that's why those rumors started to ramp up. And I think that based off of what John Collins was as a player, 
I think the peak was, what, 21 and 10, right, the double-double, because he has the athletic ability to be that, right? That's the thing that we look towards when you talk about seeing John Collins progress when he first got drafted back in 2017. So my thing is with John has always been with John is the fact that, like, you once you show me who you are or you give me a, a season of, of production – like, I expect those your numbers to, to stay around that area, right? Not drop off from 21 to 13 points or from 10 rebounds to 6 rebounds and, and what had his worst, worst um, career numbers last year in, in the season. So, and, and I think that when I hear him talk about in the press conference uh, uh, when, when he was introduced to the, the Utah Jazz, and that's kind of – I kind of got a little – Excited a little bit from a standpoint of, because here's the thing. A lot of people feel like I, I hated on John Collins a lot. And to be honest with you, that wasn't my, in, those weren't my intentions when I used to call John Collins out. Because here's the thing. John Collins was always willing to speak up when certain things were going on and when all, all of the, the, the drama behind the scenes was being you know, rumored about and all that stuff. He was the first person to open his mouth and start talking. And I was just like, okay, you are in a space to talk at this point. And you should have handled it like Trey should have handled it, to be honest with you. Like, hey, this is behind the scenes stuff. This is an internal situation. That's what we're going to do. But being that you were willing to speak out and your play was declining, that's where I had the issue. That's why I had the problem, and and I think that when you when I was um, checking out the press conference uh, when he was being introduced to the Utah Jazz, he said something that I felt like I was in a real space where I was like, okay, that's what I wanted to hear. And he was talking about how he understands how people' expectations are were raised by his play, and he didn't live up to those things. And I think that that's that's what I was looking for. That's what I feel like Atlanta Hawks fans were looking for when in those situations when it was all the drama was going down and all of, all of the, the, the issues with the coaches behind the scenes with Nate McMillan and Lloyd Pierce, when all that stuff was going down, you were the first one to step up to start talking, but your play was on the, on the, on the decline. And, and you know what could have cleared those rumors or, or got people to talking about something else? Better play from you. <laughs> like averaging that double double, that 18 and 10, not even 21 and 10, 18 and 10, 17 and 15. Because guess what? Clint Capella was able to do that, and his uh, talent has diminished tremendously because he's been in the league for over 10 years, you know? So those are some of the things that we've, we understood that Clint Capella was able to do and that you weren't willing to able to do. That's why that pick and roll relationship that Trey and Clint had, that's why it never changed because John wasn't able to do or wasn't willing to do the things, the necessary things that he needed to do to be able to get that usage back up, get that usage rate back up. He felt like he should have been, Plays should have been called for him and, and, and posting up in, in the game and, and giving him the, the, the ball on the block and, and letting him go to work. No, that's not your game. Your game is athleticism, pick and roll, uh, rim runner, you know, defender, been putting a lot more effort on that side of the uh, basketball as well. So all of those things kind of culminated into my feelings and thoughts about John Collins when he was here and he's specifically in these last few years when he was an Atlanta Hawks. So 
to hear him come out and say that, you know, he understands the expectations that, that, that people had, you know, coming out. And, and I really feel like those are some of the, that was something he probably should have said before he left. Um, it kind of helps me feel that, you know, John Collins is going to get back on track at, at some point. Not saying he's going to be a 21 and 10 guy. I don't think he's going to make that jump, but I'm definitely, I definitely feel like he's going to be better than 13 and six and 29% from the three point line. Another thing that I thought was very interesting, and I'm not surprised that he said it, he was saying how he felt, it felt good for him to be with a team that wants him and they want him around for the future. Because like you said, like I mentioned earlier, when you have three years of rumors, uh, that can wear on you. And I can understand that. I can get to – you can get, understand from an athlete standpoint when, like I said, the expectations are there, the money coming in, you got the big world contract now, and now you're trying to live up to those expectations. Because at the end of the day, it wasn't like he wasn't out there giving that max effort. I never questioned that. You know, I feel like John got it, it gave all he could – when he was out there on the court. But at the end of the day, when you're talking about from a mental standpoint, that stuff can wear on you. And that's what I feel like eventually, you know, led to his demise as far as being Atlanta Hawk for the future. And when you have him come out and say those things, you know, about about the team and, and being wanted, because everybody wants to be wanted. Like, you know, like I know, you know, I know my wife loves me, but at the end of the day, I know that, it's so great. It feels so good when she says, I love you. You know what I'm saying? It feels so good when she said, good job, Jarvis. Thank you for taking out of the trash, taking out the trash. Thank you for, you know, cooking dinner tonight. I really appreciate that. All that stuff means something. And when you don't get that from your employer, <laughs> you know, and because that's your livelihood, right? <laughs> you, and you understand, like, okay, do y'all want me? Do y'all want me around or how long is my con is my contract with my contract up? Are y'all just going to let me walk in free agency? Are you going to try to trade me? And those are some of the things that the questions that John Collins had to deal with on a daily basis. So I understand that. I get it. I do. I, I totally understand, you know, that whole mental aspect of it. So that's why you saw a dip in the numbers. But on the other side of that, I really feel like there should have been some times where he could have just, put things in perspective like he did at that press conference when he said understanding the raised expectations and understanding what the Atlanta Hawks were have been trying to do for the past few years I think at some point you should have just said you know what I'm gonna ignore these rumors I'm gonna shut this thing down I'm gonna continue to try to figure out what my role can be until I'm gone and and and, and try to work through it on, on that end but not Come always being willing to talk about all the rumors and all of the the drama and all that stuff behind the scenes. I just really felt that that wasn't a good way to handle that situation. And a lot of people thought, you know, hey, hey, Jarvis is a hater of John Collins. No, we're never a hater of John Collins. I actually hope that he extends his career out there in Utah and they figure out a way to, you know, to to get him at least to the point where he's in conversations about being an all star. Because at the end of the day, that's what he – he was right on the precipice of that right, for, right before his numbers started to decline. So, yeah, John Collins, hope you do well, but I'm really proud to hear that, hey, you putting this thing in perspective in your time at, as an Atlanta Hawk, and I wish nothing but 
the best. I also wish all the people who rock with us each and every day the best. Our everydayers, yes, we are here Monday through Friday, free and available wherever you download your podcast. And if you're listening to us right now, you don't listen to us every day, what the heck are you waiting on? What is it? What's the problem? What's the issue? You know, I need you all to come mess with us because, you know, there are a lot of people out here messing with us. They're called our everydayers. And if you're an everydayer, go ahead and drop it in the comment box right now. Or you can just leave us a five-star review and say, and include in there, hey, I love the show. Appreciate you guys, Jarvis and Tanitra. And I'm an everydayer. So, yeah, go ahead and join the club. Become part of the cool, cool kids. And, you know, go and jump on board because we are doing some really good things right here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. But this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about because that's just how we get down on this show. Today is no different. When you think about, you know, all the, the crime going on in Atlanta, you know, sometimes I feel like it's a little overblown when you talk about major cities and, you know, a lot of people being in a condensed area, you know, you're going to have some crime. You know, there's going to be some crime be committed. But I think... I'm a type of person that like to find humor in a lot of things, but I think this one kind of takes the cake. You know, you know, I want you guys to check out, you know, take a listen to this situation that was going down in a certain nail salon uh, not too long ago. Everybody get out! Get out of the money! It's got the money! Get out of the money! Get out! Where's the money? Where's the money? Everybody, give me everything. Where's the money? Oh my goodness! So, uh, little Tink Tink, uh, we're just gonna call him little Tink Tink because I don't think they have uh, identified the man and found out where he is in Atlanta. But hopefully, he's hiding somewhere and gone and have changed his ways because his his time as a criminal. It is up like he didn't have to go to jail to to figure that out because the man walks into the the, the nail salon, start yelling, you know, hey, you know, give it up and all that stuff, and then the people, the looks on those people's faces, they were like, okay, what are you doing, sir? Uh, why are you here? And why are you trying to rob a nail salon, man? Come on, what are we doing here? You really think you about to come up walking off into a nail salon and trying to get some money? But, yeah, I, I think that this is kind of speaks to the where we are in today's. And it looks like he didn't even have a gun. He just had something uh, wrapped around, and the people were just looking at him like he was crazy. He had like a little bag or some situation kind of wrapped around his hand. I guess he was trying to portray it as being a gun. But when you think about just the, the dumbness, the dumdom that he went to to, 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 to muster up, the courage to walk off in there. It just looks like he was just practicing because it was even, even in the video, there was a lady, you know, who was sitting right there. She looked at him and as soon as he turned around, she kind of eased up and kind of backed away right on up out of that nail salon. It was just like, I don't know what you talking about as far as giving up no money, but I ain't giving you jack. And that's kind of how she rolled with it. And then even, as he was walking out of the nail salon because obviously he was dejected and he probably went home and talked to his girlfriend. It's like, you know, babe, 
try to rob this doggone nail salon today, try to come up, you know, trying to feed my family and you know, all that stuff. You know how people be trying to make th- things seem like it's a positive. Yeah, I try to rob the nail salon today, try to get some money for little little, little poop poop, you know, because little poop poop got need some milk and everything and like that. And little poop poop just didn't, then then you know, has been starving. So I just had to go out there and try to feed my family. You know what I'm trying to feed my family. That's what I'm trying to do, baby. They ain't want to give it up. They ain't want to give it up. So, yeah, um, he probably lost a girlfriend, too, because, yeah, that is just a sad, sad story for him to be able to walk off in that place, demand money. And tr- we had a little bass in his voice, so, you know, you, you thought he was, at least thought he was serious. Sounds like he was a serious. Y'all heard the, heard the clip. Did you think he was serious? And they just weren't feeling it. They weren't scared, obviously. And, and, and shout out to them for, you know, being able to have some good discernment because, obviously, if that had been a real criminal – I don't know if that lady tried to pop up like she did and walk out of that store and that had been a, a, a real hardened criminal. I don't know if we would have been talking about this <laughs> because I don't you know that in no situation like that. I have been a person to say, you know what, like whatever it is, I can get it back because we talk about materialistic things, uh, material things and, and, and money and all that stuff, watches, whatever he was trying to get. All that stuff can be replaced, but not my life. Like you get one shot at this thing, and I and thankfully no one was hurt. But when you think about just just taking the serious side out of it, like think about that. You walk off in a place, you say, "I'm about to rob these folks. I'm about to take some money from them. I'm about to take something from them. They can't mess with me." I'm real. I'm hard. I'm out here doing my thing. I'm about to go get this money. And the first words come out of your mouth, everybody, get on the ground. Give me the money. And they just look at you. Think about how low you have to be or how his confidence was just all gone at that point and walking out of that store. And then he had one last-ditch effort for the lady who walked out and was like, give me your money. And she just looked at him. That probably had been a, a low point of his life. I'm sure. So, Polo Tink Tink. Yeah, Tink Tink, man. You need to give it up, man. Go get you, go get a job, man. Just go get a get a real job. Just like, man, Jiffy Lube always hiring. I promise you. You know, I used to work there. I promise you, they work. You know, you can just go there, man. Get you a nice job. They always have orientation every every Tuesday. They have orientation. So, yeah, go check them out. I promise you'll be able to get on and just make a, a decent living. And then, you know, you work there for a year or so, and then maybe you can go back to school and, and, and try to get some education and, and, and try to do something with your life because the crime life, that is not it for you, sir. Yes. I want to thank you guys for making ATL Day 1 your first listener today. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. You can even talk about, you know, Polo Tink Tink out here trying to rob a nail salon. Or you can talk about how John Collins out here throwing a little shade at the Hawks before, you know, in his introductory press conference with the Utah Jazz. You can comment on all those things, guys. Really appreciate you guys. Love you for rocking with us each and every day. And last but not least, speaking of love, how about this? 
If you don't do anything else for the rest of the day, make sure that you share love, show love, and most importantly, spread love.